0: Hello, everybody, and good morning. I'm just getting the day started. It's very early right now. Um, I have a three-day weekend off of work, and I had a few things on my to-do list today, this being the first one. Um, If you don't already know, I've started a new show called Shane B-Sides where I discuss music. Um, Particularly, um, I'm going to be doing a segment where I talk about five notable albums from the previous month. I've already done a little episode on albums from August, and today I'm going to do one on albums from September, now that the month of September is finally over. And yeah, at some point I would like to do deep dives on uh, certain bands and artists and talk about each album and talk about which ones are my favorites, but It's just been so chaotic and busy lately, I figured I would at least stick to this for right now, and I'll let everybody know when I get to the first band or first artist for the deep dives. Um, None of this is like an original idea that nobody else has done before, but it seemed well-suited for me because I'm always trying to learn about music, new music, and always trying to dive into the history of music, and... Yeah, it just seemed like an interesting little project, and I've started listening to a lot of different music podcasts, and I felt inspired to do this one. Um, Yeah, and we're going to go ahead and get into September now. The first album we're going to talk about is the new King Cruel live album, You Heat Me Up, You Cool Me Down. This is a series of live recordings from King Cruel's tour that was interrupted by the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, in case you haven't heard of that, you know, that little thing that happened. Um, he's always been a really impressive performer. The pitchfork session that he did called Molten Jets is pretty killer. You can actually find that on YouTube and you should look it up whenever you have the chance. Um, for this album, he was fresh off the release of Man Alive, which is one of my favorite records from 2020. If you haven't heard of King Cruel, it's very hard to describe his music. It's like a nocturnal, sometimes brooding blend of reverb-y, mellow indie rock, jazz, and punk. Some of the songs stick to one of these genres, and some stick to all three of the genres at once. It's pretty hard to explain, um... But you'd know what I was what I was talking about if you actually heard it. He always picks really cool album covers. This one is very ominous and kind of reminds me of Six Feet Beneath the Moon from a few years ago. The set list here covers a wide variety of his career. And I gotta say, if you're gonna do a live show, this is how you do a live show. I'd really like to do a dive on King Cruel soon. Um, just cause he has so much variety and so much going on in his discography. Um, getting into the show, it's really fun to hear the crowd going nuts at the start of it at any show, but especially this one, um, you can hear them going crazy when he starts playing Out Getting Ribs, which is one of his most famous songs. And you can tell that he was really coming out swinging for this tour, His voice is really raw on this album. It already is on the studio albums, but there's a different energy to it live. Emergency Blimp goes crazy. And I love how the guitar explodes at the very end of New Drugs. And, you know, if we're going to talk about pure chaotic energy, we have to mention these versions of Cellular and Stoned Again. Two of the biggest songs from Man Alive. The phone sounds at the beginning of Cellular are an obvious but really awesome touch. And the bass, the vocal effects, the sax, and the drums in this version sound incredible. I think I enjoy this one more than the studio version, honestly. And the same goes for Stoned Again. I get chills when that song starts. It's such a strange but catchy song. Yes, she's my sweet. My sweet and sour. My lemon, honey. Um... Me and Hannah used to sing that a lot back when that song came out. I love how this version has a slightly different swing to it than the original. And he has such a cathartic scream. The thick mix of the sax and the bass here reminds me a little bit of the band Morphine um, from the 90s. If you haven't heard of Morphine, their lineup was just bass, sax, and vocals, um, which is not something that I don't think we've ever seen again at least like on a popular level. Yeah, it it reminds me a lot of them. Um, There's some tasty and thick guitars as well on this version of Slush Puppy, and I love how the rhythm on rock bottom is almost kind of funky, and I love the crazy high-pitched sound effects in the background. You can't help but not dance a little bit to this one, and the song cools out a little bit by the end and you get a little bit of a breather which transitions into cruel saying i really don't have too much to say before going into another better than the album version of comet face a lot of these songs have a sort of spooky fall vibe but especially this one with the lyrics the anxiety and the fast pace of this song is brought out way more in a live performance um The original is is sort of anxiety-inducing and creepy, but it doesn't compare to this one. Um, A little bit later, we get a version of Baby Blue, which was the first King Cruel track that I ever heard a few years ago. Obviously the studio version. Um, I love how this version retains the same mellow nature of the original, but it has those slow, murky drums, and I love how he screams, is anybody out there? before the sax comes in, and the way he introduces the band over the sax is so slick and so cool. It just gives me chills. I can't imagine what it was like to be there in person, because it's already amazing just to hear the audio. Uh, This version of Underclass is stellar too, probably my favorite from Man Alive. I thought it was an underrated beauty the first time I heard it, and the version here um, has done a lot of justice, and it's almost like sludgy sounding i'll always love that sax line about halfway through the song you'd know the one if you've heard it um there's also some songs on here like please complete thee uh in particular that i never paid as much attention to before but in the live context it makes me appreciate them so much more and like the songs i already knew i generally prefer over the album versions um which is a great testament to how well of a live performer you are and how well of a live performer that I think King Cruel is. This is the first time I've ever heard anything of his live. Um, we close out the album and the show with a version of Easy Easy, which is a very energetic, cathartic indie rock anthem. Definitely one of his biggest songs, if I'm not wrong. I love hearing all the fans screaming along to it. He put on a hell of a show and to close it out with this one is just perfect. Um, I would have loved to have been able to go to the show. I think I remember when he posted the tour dates for this particular tour right before COVID-19, and I think the closest one to me was Washington, D.C., which I live in North Carolina, so it's a pretty far drive, and I don't know how willing I am to drive that far for anybody, um, even someone who I love as much as King Cruel. Yeah, this is this is a great live album. If you like any of these genres um, that I mentioned at the start, you should definitely check this one out. It's a little strange. You might have to listen to it a few times to really get into it, but once you do, I think you'll really appreciate it. My favorite tracks on it are "Out Getting Ribs," "Emergency Blimp," "Cellular," "Stoned Again," "Slush Pup," yeah, "Slush Puppy." I always say that wrong. "Rock Bottom." Comet Face, Alone Omen 3, Baby Blue, Underclass, Energy Fleets, Please Complete Thee, and Easy Easy. Um, and moving on, we have a new album from Sufjan Stevens and Angelo De Augustine called A Beginner's Mind. I really, really, really love this album. Um, aside from the Cruel album, it might be my favorite album of the month. I listened to it like 10 times when it came out. And yeah, um it's a little collaborative album between Sufjan Stevens and Angelo De Augustine. The story behind it is they stayed in a cabin for a week in upstate New York, out in the country, and they watched a lot of movies and wrote one song inspired by each movie. And you know this isn't like a crazy concept, but it's also one that I feel like a lot of people haven't thought of. Um It's really simple, but it's really neat. Sufjan has been working primarily in electronic music the past few years, and it's nice to hear him go back to his 2000s folk roots here. And Angelo is an artist I'll admit I haven't checked out, but from what I've read, he seems to operate in a similar folk style. I'll have to dive into his work after this. They both carry this album so well with their vocals. It's very intimate, and I love what they produced here. Reach Out was the first song from this album that I heard. and It's also the first song on the record. Um, I was immediately struck by the touching lyrics, starting the album off with some light-plucking acoustic guitar and the twin vocals telling us to reach out to all the ones who came before you and that the conversation may afford you wisdom of the wise. The music video made me nearly cry um, when I watched it the first time and even when I watch it now. I'm not sure who the dogs belong to, I guess Sufyan and Angelo, it looks like really old footage, but if you love dogs and beautiful folky songs, be sure to check it out. It's a strong contender for one of my top 10 songs of the year, definitely one of the finest that Sufyan has ever been a part of. The second song I'd like to shout out is the second song on the album, Lady Macbeth and Chains. Um, It comes in with some nice light drumming and pretty harmonies, and I love the little chorus, and we get a nice little electronic outro. Um, And normally you wouldn't think about electronic going with the folk sounds, but it doesn't sound out of place at all. It's just some light, like trickling drums. Um, Back to Oz is the most radio-friendly song on the album, and it has a little bit of electric guitar. Like others have said, I could hear this getting played in public or on the radio. It's probably the most radio-friendly song that Sufjan's done in a long time. Um, not that anything that he's putting out nowadays is super weird and couldn't get played on the radio, but if you had to choose any of them based on just, like, the vibe and the catchiness, it would be this one. Um, The chorus reminds me of one of the choruses on Illinois. Not anyone in particular, Um, but just any of the choruses. It's almost kind of funky, as funky as Sufjan Stevens can get anyway. And I love the guitar solo in the middle and at the end with that fuzzy, almost Black Sabbath-y effect. It's really badass and it might be the most badass song he's ever done. You typically don't think, like, badass when you listen to Sufjan Stevens, but I think this song comes close to that. Um, You Give Death a Bad Name is a really cool title, and it seems to play on You Know. Uh, You Give Love a Bad Name, and it's shot through the heart line, because that's repeated over and over. Um... This song is very eerie, and it makes sense because it's inspired by a zombie movie. A Beginner's Mind is a short and pretty sweet piano song featuring just Angelo on vocals. It's nothing too complex. It's almost like a little interlude, but it fits the album really well. Olympus has the most classic Sufjan-era sound of any song, even amongst all the callbacks to all of his older work. It's got light simple plucking acoustic guitar and swirling pianos and harmonies illuminating the chorus it's just pure beauty and it has the quality of a song that i feel like i've already known for years like some indie song from the 2000s that has been in all these soundtracks but it only just come out it's got this really timeless quality to it which i really admire um Maybe it's just my speakers or my headphones, but it almost sounds like there's, like, waves crashing in the background of Murder and Crime, which is another fantastic song um, featuring Angelo, mostly. It's one of the most existential ones here, questioning why life is so cruel and so unkind. This is the Thing reminds me a little bit of All Delighted People, which is my all-time favorite Sufjan release. Um, I know a lot of people would say, like, Illinois or... Yeah, probably Illinois, and I know some people ride really hard for Age of Odds, which I do too, but All Delighted People just means a lot to me. It's been over 10 years since I heard it for the first time, and it's always stuck with me. It's just, it's one of the best albums I've ever heard, even though it's technically an EP, but it's long enough to be an album, so I'm considering it an album. Um, But yeah, since this song reminds me of All Delighted People, I have to rate it very highly, it's one of the catchiest choruses on the album. Um, this record has a lot of lines that get stuck in your head, even though it's such a mellow and soft album. It's not like in-your-face catchy. It's just like it's just there, and it's just nice to have on and just do something around the house too, or just relax too speaking of beautiful choruses it's your own body and mind it's perfect with uh it's repeated she's got a have it line it's a very empowering tune with its simplicity all said in the title itself it's your own body and mind um lost in the world has this mystical forest vibe to its instrumental there's a lot of pretty little guitar lines on the electric which i enjoy a good bit fictional california's chorus tells us to open our hearts to the darkness and open our mind and let it fall out in an enchanting way i love the melody of the verses on here cimmerian shade i think i'm pronouncing that correctly is a shining beautiful jewel in the midst of an already a lot of already beautiful songs and you wouldn't think the song would have such a dark topic unless you read the lyrics. The song is apparently from the perspective of Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, asking the director why he forsakes him and makes him be the character that he is, telling him, I just want you to love me and asking him to fix it and undo it. This is such a cool exercise in taking something ugly and making it vulnerable and universal, and it ties into all the existential themes of the album, which there are a lot of. After this, we have the final song May, which I think is the shortest song on the album. And like earlier, ponders why life has to be "quote unquote" shadowed in the gloom. I love the simplicity of the chorus here and how they sing it. All the dreams I vowed to make come true, and the life I long to take, I lose. Lord, why must this my yeah? Lord, wh- Lord, why must this life be so cruel? When there ain't much you can do. Um... Really simple, but like punch you in the gut lyrics. Um, I knew this was going to be a fantastic album because I already loved Sufjan Stevens. But I was even more blown away than I expected to be. And every time I listen again, I find something new. I didn't want to go into the detail of every single lyric and how it could pertain to its particular movie inspiration. Also, I haven't seen a lot of these movies, to be honest with you. But yeah, it, it would just take so long to dive into all the lyrics, and that's not what this is about. I'm just talking about the music itself. Um, but having so much to dive into is part of what I love about it. As far as favorite tracks go, I'm going to say literally every single song on this album is a favorite track. Um, yeah. Moving on, we have Sometimes I Might Be Introvert by Little Sims, and... As an introvert, I really resonate with this title. Um, I've heard about Little Sims for a while, and I remember seeing her last album, I think Gray Area, get positive reviews, but I never got around to listening to her until now. Aside from a cover on YouTube that she did of Gorilla's Feel Good Inc., which that cover went pretty hard, and you should check it out if you already haven't. I really admire how she blends rap and like soul and R&B with this concept of being proud to be an introvert. It seems like something somebody would have already done, but apparently not. Um, Introvert is a triumphant opener with its horns that make it sound like you're going into battle, and the way it transitions back and forth into that revolving acoustic guitar, the drum beat, and that set of strings... She expresses her fears and anxieties in the tense verses, and the soulful chorus is so cathartic when it comes in. Fly away, I'll fly away, world's not over. And then we go right into Woman, which is a smooth and empowering track with a great flow. I love the simple beat, the keys, and the little bit of guitar. And I especially love the chorus. I love how you go from zero to 100 and leave the dust behind. You got this. All action, no talk. So simple, but so clever, so smart. Um, Continuing the hit after hit after hit we have going on here. There's Two Worlds Apart, which chills things out even more. It feels like dipping into a pool after a hot, long day. I'm really obsessed with this song right now. It's probably my favorite on the record. It has a Smokey Robinson sample, which adds like a next level, feel-good, smooth vibe to it. And I love how she intertwines her vocals with his as he sings the chorus. And I love you. Um, It's a small detail, but it works so well. Every time the song finishes, I just want to start it over. It's very addicting. Um, I love you. I hate you was a song that I believe led a lot of people to check this album out. Um, It was one of the first singles. It's got great attitude, and it confronts the sadly common and complicated issue of having an absent father. I love the punchy beats here, and I love how the extra vocals come in for the later chorus, Hard to Love Tonight. Little Q has some great group la-la-la vocals that weave in and out of the song. The way this album is orchestrated is very cinematic to me for some reason, especially here. And I love the repeated line at the end, like the sun in the sky, spread your wings fly, we're going high. The interludes on this album are like, I think someone said they're like making progress with a therapist or something like that. I'm trying to be, to quote it, I'm trying to be the best version of myself. I'm trying to be the greatest version of myself. I know I've got a lot to learn and I could be stuck in my ways, yes, but honestly, more time, I feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um... The switch between speed and standing ovation might be my favorite transition on the album. I love how the beat changes back and forth throughout the song. I See You might be my second favorite song on the album after Two Worlds Apart. It has a slightly 90s slow but not too slow jam vibe with a pretty electric guitar line and some thick bass that sits comfortably underneath Sims as she delivers the lyrics that resonate with me most on the album. Here she's asking questions to a potential partner, ones that a lot of us feel when we begin to let someone in in a new relationship. Uh, To quote, I got shit I haven't dealt with. Would you help me through my pain? If it's any reassurance, just know I would do the same. Looking at you, I know that God took his time. Hope I'm seeing the real you, not a disguise. I really love the chorus here too. I'm hoping that I never wake up. Um, So breezy and so catchy. I could see this song being huge on the radio right now. It really needs to be. Um, in a perfect world, it would be. Um, moving on, it's hard to listen to Rolling Stone and not just feel cool as hell. Seems like a cool tune to like walk down the street looking badass to. Protect My Energy sounds like something straight out of the 80s, but still goes perfectly with the flow of the album. The instrumental and uh, even the hook reminds me of something like Janet Jackson. And the sentiment is so real and true in today's time. Needing alone time to protect your energy and mental health. Just as the title says. Um, I love the line, I got problems but I'm not fucking weak. I just think that's a really choice line. And I just think that says a whole lot. Um, If you want a good ass revolving bass line... Look no further than the song Point and Kill. Within seconds, you'll be doing that Zooey Mama face and dancing in your sea or wherever you are. I love the drums and the horns at the end so much and the way it transitions into Fear No Man, which has a similar vibe to it um, with its drums. It's amazing that the album stays so consistent with 19 songs. How Did You Get Here's choir and piano put such a good, uplifting feeling in your soul while Sims reflects on her life up to this point. I love how the drums come in near the beginning and the line, this music thing is my prophecy. The song feels like a therapeutic session at church. Feels good, don't it? I love that line. Um, The last song, Misunderstood, is a mellow and fitting closing song for the album. I love how it seems like she's sort of resigned to the issues that haunt her. Um, but she's also ready to roll on to the next thing, like being confident and not knowing what's next and not having all the answers and being confident and being misunderstood, just like the title says. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this album. Um, it's really long, um, but that's not a problem with me. And if you like that blend of rap and like R&B, then you should check this one out. Um, excuse me, um. My favorite tracks on it are Introvert, Woman, Two Worlds Apart, I Love You, Little Q Part 2, I See You, Protect My Energy, Point and Kill, Fear No Man, and How Did You Get Here. Uh, Moving on now to Baby Keem's new album, The Melodic Blue. This is his first official studio album. I've been looking forward to this one since the single started dropping before anyone even knew for sure that an album was even coming hannah actually got me into him and i owe her for that and we both agree that he's incredibly underrated die for my bitch um is an incredible mixtape showcasing some hilarious memorable lyrics extreme wit and great attitude and i knew that whatever he did next would be an extension of that so i was right excuse me Um, the lyrics are still there. You can pull at least one line from any song that'll make you chuckle, but just because it's funny at times and goofy doesn't make it any less ambitious or any less of something to be taken seriously. That's one thing that I really admire about him because that's just how life is. It's all a gray area and it's more realistic to view it in a silly way, but also a serious way at the same time. Things just aren't black and white all the time. The production excels to a newer level on this album, which we get immediately with Trademark USA. You think it's about to be a mellow introspective opener, and then it pops off like a cork about 30 seconds in, only to switch up again about halfway through the track. I love his flow in the last half, like family ties later. It almost sounds like he's falling downstairs. And I love the hot girl line repeated over and over at the end. Um, the second track, Pink Panties, goes hard and it has a hook that's all dressed up and ready for a party. The first time you hear it is something else. I almost wish I could go back and hear it again for the first time. It's like a hook that you've heard for years and years, but it's still refreshing. And you kind of wonder how someone hadn't already done that before. Um scapegoats is a fitting interlude and it has a sample that reminds me of something that kanye would use and that's not the only kanye comparison that i'll bring up after that we slide along to range brothers which um has exploded as a meme thanks to kendrick's top of the morning top of the morning top of the morning top of the morning hold on let's get this shit let's get this shit let's get this shit um this song is undeniably good aside from that meme status but that just elevates it, Um, gets you more excited for whatever Kendrick himself has coming down the hatch soon. Hopefully he's going to put out a new album and mixtape in the next year or so. We'll see. Um, That song transitioning right into issues goes back to what I was saying about how well Keem balances humor with serious topics um, that are on his mind. I love the keys and the percussions on this one. Makes you think about how good an emo style album would be from him. I don't know how this one passed me by the first time I heard the album, but it's one of my favorites favorites now. Gorgeous is the other song that I would compare to Kanye with its hook. Hannah pointed out that pointed yeah, Hannah pointed out that originally um and now it's stuck in my brain every time I hear this. Family Ties was the first single released from the album, and it has like a high school football game type horn section to it. It's hard not to feel energized when you hear it, and Scars has a similar atmosphere with its rolling drum beat. That's another song that I think I overlooked the first time, and now that I'm coming back to the album again and again and again, I'm really starting to appreciate it. "Do Rag" Activity is a low-key style banger that's good to drive around to. It has one of the coolest music videos that I've seen in a while. It gives me a sort of vintage but still modern vibe, and The imagery reminds me of, like, The Godfather a bit, I guess. Um, And, man, all of these tracks are great, but the last one, 16, stands above every single one which is saying something. It's a smooth R&B cut with some 80s-ish drums and an emotional chorus that will get stuck in your head. Well, yeah. Won't you know about you and I. Just grab my hand look me in the eye. I fucked it up at the beginning there. But um, it's very therapeutic to sing along to. And it's short and sweet. But a fantastic closer to the album. I'm not the first to say this. But it's like the Honest of the album. Honest was a song kind of similar to this. That was on his last uh, mixtape. Die for my bitch. Um, Yeah. I... This album lived up to the hype or that I built up in my head for it. Um, a lot of people still don't really appreciate Baby Keem, but I think in years to come, people will come back to him and realize that maybe they were a little wrong the whole time. My favorite songs on the album are Trademark USA, Pink Panties, Range Brothers, Issues, Family Ties, Scars, Rag Activity, and Sixteen. Go check out Sixteen um, as soon as you can. Um, the last album I'm going to talk about is Jose Gonzalez's new album, Local Valley. This is the first Jose record that I've ever checked out. Like most people for a long time, I only knew his cover of the knife song Heartbeats, which is so beautiful and mellow. And then one day, I heard his new single, Head On, on Sirius XM Radio a few months ago, and I decided I'd check the album out when it dropped. And now it's here, it's folky, it's gorgeous, and it's also got one of my favorite album covers of the year. Ellen Vento is an almost haunting-sounding opener. Off the bat, it reminds me of the sparse atmosphere that Nick Drake's album Pink Moon does. If you haven't heard Pink Moon by Nick Drake, go do that right now. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, But it reminds me of that sound translated to like slightly more modern production, but nothing too flashy. When I say modern, it's still bare. Um, I love the backing vocals that I'm assuming he layers with himself on Visions. It's hard to tell, but the results are phenomenal. The song is so damn good, probably my favorite, especially near the end of the song when he repeats the line, we are here together. It gets me in the feels a little bit. I love the animal noises in between songs too. It ties in with the album cover and the mood very well. The song Void has the exact feel of its title, but it's so calming and pretty at the same time. I love when music makes me sleepy, but in the best way possible. feels like I'm on a cloud with another cloud as a blanket. Head on, like I said, was my introduction to this pretty little forest of an album, and I can see why it was chosen as the single. It's just as mellow as the rest, but slightly more upbeat with a clapping rhythm and swirling guitar that both enchant you. For some reason, the way he sings the title reminds me of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Um, Maybe because they have a song called Head On uh, slash Pill. I don't know if that's the only reason, though. It just sounds like something that Stu McKenzie would sing and like the way that he would sing it. Um, There's a thumping bass and wicked guitar, wicked guitar combo on Valley Local. I can't say much about it, but it's just sweet and short and tasty and it'll make you tap your feet. Leela G is probably the strangest song on the album with its chanted vocals repeated over and over and over. It's kind of goofy, but in the best way possible. Kind of reminds me of some lost song from like the 50s or maybe even like the early 60s. Um, I love the balance of the chill, sleepy vibe and the sort of dancey, but still chill vibe. It all balances well, and each time you feel like you're getting too sleepy, you get a big jolt of energy. Then you need, when you need like a gentle breather, the last songs bring you back to earth. Honey Honey is my other favorite aside from Visions. It's short and romantic and closes the album perfectly. feels like a nice little lullaby. I've said it earlier, but I can't express how much I enjoy the nature sounds on this album, especially on this one. Um... I don't have a whole lot else to say about this album. My favorite songs on it are El Invento, Visions, Void, Head On, Valley Local, Leela G, Swing, and Honey Honey. Um, Yeah, um, and that's the five albums from September. Um, This episode actually didn't turn out as long as I expected it to. I felt like that I... uh, took a lot more notes for this one than the August episode. Um, but I'm sure I'll get better as I go along and I apologize if my voice starts to sound a little weird. Um, my throat gets kind of scratchy in the mornings. Um, but it'll pass and I appreciate everybody listening and I hope to continue doing this and I'll let everybody know when the next month's episode is out or, when I decide to do a new deep dive on a band or an artist. um, Just stay tuned and thank you for all of the support and see you soon.